My name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson, Titan's Curse, Chapter 6. We meet the dragon of eternal bad breath. We will never make it, Zoe said. We're moving too slow, but we cannot leave the Ophiatoris. Moo, Bessie said. He swam next to me as, as we jogged along the waterfront. We'd left the shopping center pier far behind. We were heading towards the Golden Gate Bridge, but it was a lot further than I'd realized. The sun was already dipping in the west. I don't get it, I said. Why do we have to get there at sunset? The Hesperides are the nymphs of the sunset, Zoe said. We can only enter their garden as the day changes to night. What if we miss it? Tomorrow's winter solstice. If we miss sunset tonight, we'd have to wait until tomorrow evening. And by then, the Olympian Council would be over. We must free Lady Artemis tonight. Or Annabeth will be dead, I thought. But I didn't say that. We need a car, Thalia said. But what about Bessie? I asked. Grover stopped in his tracks. I've got an idea. Though if your tourists can appear in different bodies of water, right? Well, yeah, I said. He, I mean, he was in Long Island Sound. Then he just popped into the water at Hoover Dam, and now he's here. So maybe we could coax him back to Long Island Sound, Grover said. Then Kyron could help us get him, get him to Olympus. But he was following me, I said. If I'm not there, would he know where he's going? Moo, Bessie said fornfully. I, I can show him, Grover said. I'll go with him. I stared at him. Grover was no fan of the water. He'd almost drowned last summer in the Sea of Monsters, and he couldn't swim very well with his coat, goat hooves. I'm the only one who can talk to him, Grover said. It makes sense. He bent down and said something into Bessie's ear. Bessie shivered, then made a contented, lowing sound. The blessing of the wild, Grover said. That should keep a, That should help with safe passage. Percy, pray to your dad, too. See if he will grant us safe passage through the seas. I don't. I didn't understand how, that, how they could possibly swing back to no Long Island from California. Then again, monsters didn't, didn't have the same, tra same way as humans to travel. I've seen plenty of evidence of that. I, had to I tried to concentrate on the waves, the smell of the ocean, the sound of the tide. Dad, I said, help us. Get the Ophiotaurus and Grover safely to camp. Protect them at sea. A prayer, a prayer like that needs a sacrifice, Thaya said. Something big. I thought for a second. Then I took off my coat. Percy, Grover said, are you sure? That lion skin, that's really helpful. Hercules used it. As soon as he said that, I realized something. I glanced at Zoe, who's watching me carefully. I realized I did know who Zoe's hero had been. The one who'd ruined her life, got her kicked out of her family, and never even mentioned her how she helped him. Hercules, a hero I'd admired all of my life. I'm going to survive, I said. It won't be because I've got a lion-skin cloak. I'm not Hercules. I threw the cloak into I threw the coat into the bay. I turned back into a golden lion skin flashing in it it turned back into a golden lion skin flashing in the light. Then, as it began to sink beneath the waves, it seemed to dissolve into sunlight on the water. The sea breeze picked it up. Grover took a deep breath. Well, no time to lose. We, he jumped in the water and immediately began to sink. Bessie glided next to him and let Grover take hold of his neck. 
Be careful, I told them. We will, Grover said. Okay, um, Bessie? We're going to Long Island Sound. It's east, over that way. Moo? Bessie said. Bessie said. Yes, Grover answered. Long Island. It's this island. It's this island, and it's long. Oh, let's just start. Moo! Grover lurched forward. He started to submerge, and Grover said, I can't breathe underwater. Just thought I'd mention... Under they went, and I hoped my my father's protection would extend to little things like breathing. Well, that is one problem addressed, Zoe said. But how do we get to my sister's garden? Dahlia's right, I said. We need a car. There's nobody to help us here. Unless we, um, borrowed on one. I didn't like that option. I mean, sure, this was a life-or-death situation, but it was stealing, and it was bound to get us noticed. Wait, Dahlia said. She started riffling through her backpack. There is somebody in San Francisco who can help us. I've got the address somewhere here. Who? I asked. Dahlia pulled out a crumpled piece of notebook paper and held it up. Professor Chase, Annabeth's dad. After hearing Annabeth gripe about her dad for two years, I was expecting him to have devil horns and fangs. I was not expecting him to be wearing an old-fashioned avatar's cap and goggles. He looked so weird, his big eyes budging budging through the glasses that we that we all took a step back on the front porch. Hello? He said in a friendly voice. Are you delivering my airplanes? Thaya, Zoe, and I looked at each other warily. Um, no, sir, I said. Drat, he said. I need three more sopwit camels. Right, I said, though I had no clue what he was talking about. We're friends of Annabeth. He straightened, as if he straightened as if I'd just given him an electric shock. Annabeth? Is she all right? Has something happened? None of us answered, but our faces must have told him that something was very wrong. He took off his cap and goggles. He had sandy-colored hair like Annabeth and intense brown eyes. He was handsome, I guess, for an older guy, but it looked like he hadn't shaved in a couple of days, and his shirt was buttoned wrong, and one of his collars stuck up higher than the other side. You'd better come in, he said. It didn't look like the house had they just move into. There were Lego robots on the stairs and two cats sleeping on the sofas in the living room. The coffee table table was stacked with magazines and little kids' winter coats would spread on the floor. The, other, the whole house smelled like fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies. There was jazz mu- music coming from the kitchen. It seemed like a messy, happy kind of home. The kind of place that, uh, that had been lived in forever. Dad! A little boy screamed. He's taking apart my robots! Bobby! Dr. Chase said absently, Don't take apart your brother's robots. I'm Bobby, the little boy protested. He's Matthew. Matthew, Dr. Chase called. Don't take apart your brother's robots. Okay, Dad. Dr. Chase turned to us. We'll go upstairs to my study, this way. Honey, a woman called. Annabeth's stepmom appeared in the living room, wiping her hands on a dish towel. She was a pretty Asian woman with red highlighted hair tied in a bun. Who are our guests? Guests, she asked. Oh, Dr. Chase said, this is... He stared at us blankly. Fred... Frederick? 
she chitted. You forgot to ask their names. We introduced ourselves a little uneasily, but Mr. Chase seemed, Mrs. Chase seemed very nice. She asked if we were hungry, and we, mit- we admitted we were. She told us she'd, been, she'd bring us some cookies and sandwiches and sodas. Dear Dr. Chase, Dear, Dr. Chase said, they came about Annabeth. I half expected Mrs. Chase to turn into a raving lunatic at the mention of her stepdaughter, but she just pursed her lips and looked concerned. All right, go up to the, to the stud and he'll bring you, you some food. She smiled at me. Nice beating you, Percy. I've heard a lot about you. Upstairs, we walked into Dr. Chase's study and I said, Whoa! The room was wall-to-wall books, but what really caught my attention were the war toys. It was a huge table with miniature tanks and soldiers fighting along a blue-painted river with hills and fake trees and stuff. Old-fashioned fi- biplanes hung on strings from the ceiling, tilted at crazy angles like they were in the middle of a dogfight. Dr. Chase smiled. Yes, the third battle of uh, Icebreeze. I'm writing a paper, you see, on the use of sop with camels to, stra- to strafe enemy lines. I believe they played such a... A much greater role than they've been getting giving credit for. He plucked the biplane from his string and swept it across it across the battlefield, making an airplane engine noise as he knocked down little German soldiers. Oh, right, I said. I knew Annabeth's dad was a professor of military history. She'd never mentioned him. He played with toy soldiers. Zoe came over and studied the battlefield. The German lines were farther from the river. Dr. Chase stared at her. How do you know that? I was there, she said matter-of-factly. Artemis wanted to show us how horrible war was, the way mortal men fight each other, and how foolish, too. The battle was a complete waste. Dr. Chase opened his mouth in shock. You... She's a hunter, sir. But that's not why we're here. We need... You saw this up with camels? Dr. Chase said. How many were there? What formations did they fly? Sir... Dyer broke in. Annabeth is in danger. That got his attention. He set the biplane down. Of course, she said. Tell me everything. It wasn't easy, but we tried. Meanwhile, the afternoon light was fading outside. We were running out of time. When we'd finished, Dr. Chase collapsed in his leather recliner. He laced his hands. My poor, brave Annabeth, we must hurry. Sir, we need transportation to Mount Tampolis, Zoe said. We need it immediately. I'll drive you. It would be faster to fly my camel, camel, but it's only two seats. Whoa, you have an actual biplane? I said. Down at Chrissy Field, Dr. Chase said proudly. That's the reason I had to move here. My sponsor is a private collector with some of the finest World War I relics in the world. He let me restore this hopeless camel. Sir, Daya said. Just a car would be great. It might be better if we went without you. It's too dangerous. Dr. Chase frowned uncomfortably. Now, wait a minute, young lady. Annabeth is my daughter. Dangerous not. I can't just... Snacks, Mrs. Chase announced. She pushed through the door with a tray full of peanut butter and jam sandwiches and cokes and and cookies fresh out of the oven and the chocolate chip still gooey. Thalia and I inhaled a few cookies while Zoe said, I can drive, sir. I'm not as young as I look. I promise not to destroy your car. Mr. Chase knitted her his eye. Mrs. Chase knitted her eyebrows. What's this about? Annabeth is in danger, Dr. Chase said, on Mount Tam. I would drive them, but a p- 
apparently it's no place for mortals. It sounded like it was really hard for him to get that last part out. I waited for Mrs. Chase to say no. I mean, what mortal parent would allow three underage teenagers to borrow their car? To my surprise, Mrs. Chase nodded. Then they'd better get going. Right, Dr. Chase jumped up and started patting his pockets. My keys. His wife sighed. Frederick, honestly, you'd lose your head if it weren't wrapped inside your avatar hat. The keys are hanging on the peg by the front door. Right, Dr. Chase said. So he grabbed a sandwich. Thank you both. We should go now. We hustled out the door and down the stairs. The chase is right behind us. Percy? Mrs. Chase called as I was leaving. Tell Annabeth. Tell Annabeth she still has a home here, will you? Remind her of that. I took one last look at the messy living room, Annabeth's half-brothers half -brother spilling Legos and arguments, the, smelling, the smell of cookies filling the air. Not a bad place, I thought. I'll tell her, I promised. We ran out to the yellow VW convertible parked in the driveway. The sun was going down. I figured we had less than an hour to save Annabeth. Can't this thing go any faster? Thalia demanded. Zoe glared at her. I cannot control f traffic. You both sound like my mother, I said. Shut up, they said in union. Zoe weaved in, out, weaved in and out of traffic on the Golden Great Bridge. The sun was sinking on the horizon when we finally got into Marin country and exited the highway. The roads were insanely narrow, winding through forests and up the sides of hills, around the edges of street ravines. Zoe didn't slow down at all. Why does everything smell like cough drops? I asked. A, euc a eucalyptus. Zoe pointed to the huge tree all around us. The stuff koala bearsy? And monsters, she said. They love chewing the leaves, especially dragons. Dragons through chew eucalyptus leaves? Believe me, Zoe said. If you had dragons if you had dragon breath, you would chew eucalyptus too. I didn't question her, but I did keep my eyes peeled as we drove. Ahead of us loomed Mount Templis. I guess in terms of mountains, it was a small one, but it looked plenty huge as we were driving towards it. So that's a mountain of despair, I asked. Yes, Zoe said tightly. Why do they call it that? She was silent for almost a mile before answering. After the war between the Titans and the gods, many of the Titans were punished and imprisoned. Cronus was sliced to pieces and thrown into Tartarus. Cronus's right-hand man, the general of his forces, was imprisoned up there on the summit, just beyond the Garden of the Hesperides. The general, I said. Clouds seemed to be swirling round its peaks as soon as the mountain were drawn them in, spitting them like a top. What's going on up there? A storm? Zoe didn't answer. I got the feeling she knew exactly what the clouds meant, and she didn't like it. We have to concentrate, Aya said. The mist is really strong here. Magical kind or the natural kind? I asked. Both. The great clouds swirled even thicker over the mountain, and we kept driving straight towards them. We were out of the forest now, into wide open spaces of cliffs and grass and rocks and fog. I happened to glance down at the ocean as we passed the senior's curve, and saw something that made me that made me jump out of my seat. Look! But we turned a corner and the ocean disappeared behind the hills. What? Dahlia asked. A big white ship, docked near the beach. It looked like a cruise ship. Her eyes widened. Luke's ship? 
I wanted to say I wasn't sure. It might be a coincidence, but I knew better. The Princess Andromeda, Luke's demon cruise ship, was docked at that beach. That's why we, he'd sent his ship all the way down to the Panama Canal. It was the only way to sail from the east coast to California. We will have, com- we will have company, then, Zoe said grimly. Kronos' army. I was about to answer when suddenly the hairs on my back of my neck stood up. Dyer shouted, Stop the car now! Zoe must have said something was wrong because she slammed on the brakes without question. The yellow VW spun twice before coming to a stop at the edge of a cliff. Out! Dahlia opened the door and pushed me hard. We both rolled onto the pavement. The next second, boom! Lightning flashed in Dr. Chase's Volkswagen Volkswagen erupted like a canary yellow grenade. It probably would have been killed by shrapnel except for Thalia's shield, which appeared over my head. I heard a sound like metal rain, and when I opened my eyes, we were surrounded by wreckage. One of the, one of the VW's doors had impaled itself on the street. The smoking bonnet was spinning in circles. Pieces of yellow metal were strewn across the road. I swallowed the taste of smoke out of my, out of my mouth and looked at Thalia. You saved my life. One shall perish by a parent's hand, she muttered. Curse him. He would destroy me? Me? It took me a second to realize she was talking about her dad. Oh, hey, that couldn't have been Zeus's lightning bolt. No way. Who's then? Thalia demanded. I don't know. Zoe said Kronos' name. Maybe he... Thalia shook her head, looking angry and stunned. No. That wasn't it. Wait, I said. Where's Zoe? Zoe? We both got up and ran out. Ran round and blasted V... Ran round the V... And blasted VW. Nothing inside. Nothing either direction down the road. We looked down the cliff. No sign of her. Zoe! I, sh- I, sh- I shouted. Then she was standing right next to me, pulling my, my arm. Silence, fool. Do you want to wake a late on? You mean we're here? Very close, she said. Follow me. Sheets of fog were drifting right across the road. Zoe stepped into one of them, and when the fog passed, she was no longer there. Thai and I looked at each other. Concentrate on Zoe, Thai advised. We're following her. We go straight into the fog and keep that in mind. Wait, Thaya, what about what happened back at the pier? I mean, with a manticore and the sacrifice? I don't want to talk about it. You wouldn't actually have, you know... She hesitated. I was shocked, that's all. Zeus didn't send that lightning bolt at the car. It was Kronos. He's trying to manipulate you. Manipulate, manipulate you. Sorry, I can't talk. Make you, ang- make you angry at your dad. She took a deep breath. Percy, I know you're trying to make me feel better. Thanks, but come on, we need to go. She stepped into the fog, into the mist, and I followed. When the fog cleared, I was still on the side of the mountains, but the road was dirty. The grass was thicker. The sunset made a blood-red slash across the sea. The summit of the mountain seemed closer now, swirling with storm clouds and raw powder. There was only one path to the top directly in front of us, and it led through a lush meadow of shadows and flowers, the Garden of Twilight, just like I'd seen in my dream. If I hadn't been for the enormous dragon, the garden would have been the most beautiful, most beautiful place I've ever seen. The grass shimmered with silvery evening light, and the flowers were such brilliant color 
brilliant colors, they almost glowed in the dark. Stepping stones of polished black marble led around either side of the five-story tall apple tree, every bow glittering with golden apples. And I don't mean yellow golden apples, like at the grocery store. I mean real golden apples. I can't describe why they were so appealing, but as soon as I smelled their fragrance, I knew that one bite would make the most delicious thing I'd ever tasted. The apples of immortality, Thalia said. Hera's wedding gift is from Zeus. I want to step right up and pluck one, except for the dragon coiled around the tree. Now, I don't know what what you think when I say dragon. Whatever it is, it's not scary enough. The serpent's body was as thick as a booster rocket, glinting with coppery scales. It had more heads than I could count, as if a hundred deadly pythons had been fused together. It appeared to be asleep. The heads lay curled up, up in a spaghetti-like mound on the grass, all the eyes closed. Then the shadows in front of us began to move. There was a beautiful, eerie singing, like voices from the bottom of a well. I reached for Riptide, but Zoe stopped my hand. Four figures shimmered into existence, four young women who looked very much like Zoe. They were white Greek chintons. Their skin was like caramel. Sulky black hair tumbled loose around their shoulders. It was strange, but I'd never realized how beautiful Zoe was until I saw her siblings, the Hesperides. They looked just like Zoe, gorgeous, and probably very dangerous. Sisters, Zoe said. We do not see any sisters, one of the girls said coldly. We see two half-bloods and a hunter, all of whom shall soon die. The girls studied me. They had eyes like volcanic rock, glassy and completely black. Perseus Jackson, one of them said. Yes, mused another. I do not see why he is a treat. Who said I was a treat? The first Hesperides glanced behind her towards the top of the mountain. They fear thee. They're unhappy that this is not one. That this one has not killed thee yet. She pointed at Thalia. Tempting sometimes, Thalia admitted, but no thanks. He's my friend. There are no friends here, daughter of Zeus, the girl said. Only enemies. Go back. Not without Annabeth, Thalia said. And Artemis, Zoe said. We must approach the mountain. You know he will kill thee, the girl said. You are no match for him. Artemis must be freed, Zoe insisted. Let us pass. The girl shook the girl shook her head. You have no rights here anymore. You will only raise our you will only raise you will only we have only to raise our voices and lay down awake. He will not hurt me, Zoe said. No? Then what about thy so called friends? Zoe did the last thing I expected. She shouted on. She shouted, Ladon, wake! The dragon stirred, glittering like a mountain of pennies. The Hesperides yelled and scattered. The lead girl said to Zoe, Are you mad? Are you mad? You never had any courage, sister, Zoe said. That is thy problem. The dragon Ladon was wiring now, a hundred heads whipping around, tongues flickering and tasting the air. Zoe took a step forward, her arms raised. Zoe, don't. You're not a Hesperty anymore. He'll kill you. Ladon is trained to protect the tree. Skirt around the edges of the garden. Go up the mountain. As long as I'm a bigger threat, he should ignore thee. Should, I said. Not exactly reassuring. 
It's the only way, she said. Even if the tree of uh, even if the three, the three of us cannot fight him. Ladon opened his mouth. The, the sound of a hundred heads hissing at once sent a shiver down my spine. That was before his breath hit me. The smell was like acid. It made my eyes burn, my skin crawl, and my hair stand on end. I remember the last time a rat had died inside our apartment wall in New York in the middle of the summer. The stench was like that, except a hundred times stronger. And mixed with the smell of chewed eucalyptus. I promised myself right there and then I would never ask a school nurse for another, for another cough drop. I wanted to draw my sword, but then I remembered my dream of Zoe and Hercules, and how Hercules had failed in a head-on assault. I decided to trust Zoe's judgment. Thalia went left, I went right. Zoe walked straight towards the monster. It's me, my little dragon, Zoe said. Zoe has come back. Leon shifted forward, then back. Some of the mouths closed, some kept hissing. Dragon confusion. Meanwhile, the Hesperides shimmered and turned into shadows. The voice of the eldest whispered, Fool. I used to feed thy by hand, Zoe continued, speaking in a soothing voice as she stepped towards the golden tree. Do you still like lamb's meat? The dragon's eyes glinted. Thalia and I were about halfway round the garden. Ahead, I could see a single rocky trail leading up to the black peak on the mountain. The storm swirled above it, spinning off... On the summit, like it was the access for the whole world, we'd almost made it out of, out of the meadow when something went wrong. I felt the dragon's mood shift. Maybe Zoe got too close. Maybe the dragon realized he was hungry. Whatever the reason, he lunged at Zoe. Two thousand years of training kept her alive. She dodged one set of slashing fangs and tumbled under another, weaving through the dragon's heads. As she ran in our direction, gagging from the monster's horrible breath, I drew Riptide to help. No! Zoe panted. Run! The dragon snapped at her side, and Zoe cried out. Thalia uncovered Aegis, and the dragon hissed in pain. In his moment of indecision, Zoe sprinted past us up the mountain, and we followed. The dragon did not try to pursue. He hissed and stomped the ground. But I guess he was well trained to guard that tree. He wasn't going to be lured off, even even by the pro, even by the tasty prospect of eating some heroes. We ran up the mountain as the Hesperides resumed their song in the shadows behind us. The music didn't sound so beautiful to me now, more like the soundtrack for a funeral. At the top of the mountain were ruins, blocks of black granite and marble as big as houses, broken columns, statues of bronze that looked like they'd been half-melted, the ruins of Mount Othrius. Thalia whispered in awe. Yes, Zoe said. It was not here before. This is bad. What's Mount Othrius? I asked, feeling like a fool as usual. The fort mountain fortress of the Titans, Zoe said. In the first war, Olympus and Othrius were the two rival capitals of the world. Othrius was... She winced as she held her side. You're hurt, I said. Let me see. No. It is nothing. I was saying, in the first war, Othrius was blasted to pieces. But how is it here? Thaya looked around cautiously as we picked our way through the rumble. Rubble. Past blocks of marble and broken archways. It moves 
the same way Olympus moves. It always exists at the edge of civilization, but the fact that it's here on this mountain is not good. Why? This is Atlas's mountain, where he holds... Her voice was ragged with despair, where he holds up the sky. We reached the summit. A few meters ahead of us, gray clouds swirled in a heavy vortex, making a few funnel clouds that almost touched the main top, but instead rested on the shoulders of twelve-year-old girl with airborne hair and a tattered silver dress. Artemis, her legs bound to the rocky, to the rock with celestial bronze chains. That is why I had seen in my dream. I hadn't been a cavern roof that Artemis was forced to hold. It was the roof of the world. My lady! So he rushed forward, but Artemis said, Stop! It is a trap! You must leave now! Her voice was strained. She was drenched in sweat. I'd never seen a goddess in pain before, but the weight of the sky was clearly too much for Artemis. Zoe was crying. She ran forward, despite Artemis's protest, and tugged at the chains. A booming voice spoke behind us. Oh, how touching. We turned. The general was standing there in his brown silk suit. At his side were Luke, Luke and a half dozen drachnae bearing the golden sarco- sarcophagus of Kronos. Annabeth stood at Luke's side. She had her hands cuffed behind her back, a gag in her mouth, and Luke was holding the point of his sword to her throat. I met her eyes, asking... Uh, trying to ask her a thousand questions. There was just one message she was sending me. Though, there was just one message she was sending me, though. Run. Luke, Thaya snarled. Let's let her go. Luke smiled. Was Luke's smile was weak and pale. He looked even worse than he had three days ago in D.C. That is the general's decision, Thalia, but it's good to see you again. Thalia spat at him. The general chuckled. So much for old friends. And you, Zoe, it's been a long time. How's my little traitor? I will enjoy killing you. Do not respond. Respond, Artemis groaned. Do not challenge him. Wait a second, I said. You're Atlas? The general glanced at me. So even the stupidest of heroes can finally figure something out. Yes, I'm Atlas, the general of the Titans and terror of the gods. Congratulations, I will kill you presently, and as soon as I deal with this wretched girl. You're not going to hurt Zoe, I said. You won't let... I won't let you. The general sneered. You have no right to interfere, little hero. This is my... This is a family matter. I frowned. A family matter? Yes, Zoe said bleakly. Atlas is my father. And that was that chapter... Chapter 16, that ended on a dark note, okay? Yeah! Fun. Not... Their family? Okay, nice. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, night. Um, yeah. No, actually, I do know what to say. Go, um... Either if there's any library near you, if you're not in lockdown right now, or... Or, um, yeah, just go to a library or to a local bookshop and do buy these or borrow these books. They're really good, and uh, I would enjoy you reading with me. I wouldn't know it, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I 
as you most of you probably know, I don't own any of this, so please please don't sue me. I'm I'm a kid. Don't don't sue me. That would not be very nice of you. <laughs>